Good morning, Peninsula Hope family. I hope you guys are doing well. It is great to be back with you and it's been a pretty crazy week with all the fires. So I hope on top of everything going on with sheltering in place, you guys are staying safe um, in regards to the fires. Pre uh, please be praying. I've gotten some prayer requests for prayer for families that are having to evacuate. So uh, please be joining us in prayer for the families affected with what's going on uh, in California. Let me open us up in some prayer. Lord Jesus, we magnify and glorify your name, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that you would just speak to me, Holy Spirit. Um, speak to me and speak through me, Lord, as we bring your word and get a better understanding of what it means to believe in you, Lord, and to uh, truly trust and believe in the truth of who you are and what you've done for us and why we need you, Lord. And we pray this in your name. Amen. So we are continuing this week with our Beyond Belief series, and we started off talking about believing in Jesus, and that's the key to salvation, and that's a combination of believing in the truth of who Jesus is, what he did for us, and why we need him. And it's also part of a process that includes faith, which is trusting in Jesus, trusting God with our lives and the direction and the plans and purposes he has for us. And I mentioned that over the next several weeks, we're going to be talking about five different topics to help us to solidify our belief, our faith, our trust in Jesus. So when situations come up that are testing or challenging our faith, we won't fold. We won't walk away from our faith. If anything, it will strengthen our resolve and our Christian values and morals even more. And so week one, we took a look at being careful of the company that we keep, those that we surround ourselves with. And this week, I'm going to be talking about being careful of what we're exposed to. And part of that is people, but it goes beyond that. And so I want to start by talking about how or that our environment can affect us. Most of you guys heard of nature versus nurture, and this is the question of are our personalities, our actions, our behaviors, the things that we do, is it more dependent or more influenced by genetics, the way that God created us, or is it more influenced by our environment, the people, the situations and circumstances that we live in, that we grew up in? And while these days most people will say it's a combination of both, there was a time, especially back in the 1960s, where people didn't know so social psychologist Albert Bandura in the 1960s, he conducted a series of experiments on what he called observational learning. And these experiments were known as the Bobo doll experiments. And his goal was to investigate if social behaviors can be acquired by observation and imitation. So he had this study with 72 children. He split them up into three groups. Group one was in a room and, and they were shown an adult who was very aggressive towards this, this Bobo doll, kind of like a Weeble, the little uh, doll that's inflatable and goes back and forth. And so the first group was shown aggressive behavior towards this doll. The second group was shown non-aggressive actions. Um, there was a model, a child that was just playing, you know, I think with toys in the area and didn't do a whole lot with Bobo at all. And then the third group was the control group where they weren't exposed to any model at all. And what the results showed were the children that had observed the aggressive behavior towards the Bobo doll, 
they imitated more aggressive behavior. Their responses were aggressive towards the Bobo doll way more than the group that was shown the non-aggressive behavior or the control group. And so what this study showed that uh, showed was that Bandura's social learning theory, which proposes that individuals learn by um, observing the behaviors of order um, of others, excuse me, that it's true. And while watching someone's behavior or learning from them is not a 100% guarantee that we're going to model or copy their behavior or to develop that trait, it's a reality check that our environment or the things that we expose ourselves to really does affect us either positively or negatively. And this is why he, God, he gave us some warnings in the Bible about this. The first one is that God warns us not to let people or ideas or things separate us from his truth. We see this in Colossians 2.8. In the NLT, it says, do not let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than Christ. And 1 John 2, 15 through 17, the ESV says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life is not from the Father, but from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. God also warns us that he takes very seriously leading others away from his truth or causing others to sin. Matthew 18 verses 6 through 9 in the NIV says this, it says, if anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for them to have a large millstone hung around their neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea Woe to the world because of the things that cause people to stumble. Such, such things must come, but woe to the person through whom they come. So what he's saying is that, yeah, struggles, temptations come, but if we're causing others to sin, to stumble, we should be concerned. We should be worried. Verse 8 continues, if your hand or foot causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life maimed or crippled than to have two hands or two feet and be thrown into eternal fire. And if your eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into the fire of hell. Now he is not, God is not saying literally cut off your arm or gouge out your eyes. He's saying pay attention to what you look at, what you hear, what you read, what you're around, and be really careful that you don't cause others around you to sin. And so having this understanding, I think it's also important to understand what is our environment? Because if it affects us, we need to know what do we need to be looking out for? What do we have to pay attention to? And our environment can be the following, and there's other things as well, but some that I've listed is people, and we talked about that last week. Your family, your friends, your coworkers, classmates, maybe people from social groups you're part of, or clubs you're involved with. 
Your environment can also be the entertainment or the education that you have. Television shows you watch, movies, documentary, the news, even politics. All of these things can affect us and how we think and believe. The music that we listen to can influence us. The internet, social media, everything that we read, that is part of the environment that can affect us and we have to pay attention to that. Even our past experiences or our present experiences, these are also our environment that have a huge effect on us. The culture you grew up in, your ethnic background, your hurts and pains, your successes and your failures. All of these things make up our environment or the things that we are surrounded by that we have to take uh, accounting of or we have to pay attention to. But how exactly does our environment affect us? We've seen that it does, but how does it happen? Well, let's talk about that because that's what affects our Christianity, our beliefs, our morals, our ethics, and if we believe and trust God. And I want to use the example of taking the Lord's name in vain. So this is when people, you know, say Jesus or God, and they use it as a swear word. And Exodus 20 and 7 speaks to this. In the NIV, it says, You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. So it's a sin. It's something we need to avoid. So I wanted to use that as the example Now, using God's or Jesus' name in a profane manner, this is not something that's curriculum. It's not taught to us in school. So how exactly do people learn to take the Lord's name in vain? Well, typically, it's a process of exposure. Perhaps children or adults, they hear others using Jesus' name or God's name in a profane way. Maybe they hear it on TV, in a movie, a video game, or a song. Or maybe they read it somewhere in a book, a blog, or some other form of literature. And at first, they might not even know that taking the Lord's name in vain, that there's anything wrong with that. They might not even realize it's swearing. But they do it because it's been modeled for them. And with constant exposure, slowly but surely it becomes a part of their normal language usage. For some people the effect their environment has on them, it's a really slow process. It's like water dripping on a piece of rock constantly. And eventually the water will be able to change the shape of the rock, but it will take a long time. In other situations, the environment's effect or or the things around us, they have a greater effect and a quicker effect on us. One article put it this way, it said, sometimes we are thrown into a radically different environment, which exposes us to a completely different way of thinking. So suddenly and with so much force, that process can happen very quickly. This is how so much of racism comes up or or how racism grows. And we've seen this currently with the coronavirus. And we also saw this following 9-11, You guys may be reading that during the pandemic, racism towards Asians has been on the rise. And then following 9-11, racism towards Middle Easterners increased. And this is because people who 
maybe normally didn't give much thought to it, they were exposed to tragedies. They were exposed to something happening so quickly and so forcefully, it started to affect them. Their environment had a very quick effect and profound effect on them. And this is so problematic for Christians because exposure to the wrong things, even once, can do the following. It can cause us to question and doubt God and our Christian beliefs. And again, that's the truth about God, his word, which is the Bible, and our faith in him. Those things can be affected by our surroundings or our environment. Our environment can also desensitize us to skin, or to, to skin, to sin, excuse me. The more we're around sin, the less we notice it. And a great example of this is if you've ever had trash at your house and you forget to take it out. You know, when you're first around it and it starts to smell, it's disgusting. But let's say you get a little lazy and you don't take the trash out. Well, the longer and longer it sits there, the less and less you notice it. And a great test of this is if you have trash that's been sitting around for a few extra days, go outside, go take a walk for 20, 30 minutes and come back and it's going to hit you and you're going to be shocked at how smelly it is. And the same thing is true of sin. It's a process, James, of how it affects us or how we get used to sin. James 1, 14 through 15 in the NIV says, But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. It's a process. The more we're around sin, the less we notice it. And we may even come to the point when we have convinced ourselves that something that the Bible says is a sin, we may convince ourselves that it isn't a sin because we're around it so much. And we may find ourselves seeking environments that will support our new views on sin. 2 Timothy 4 verses 3 through 4 in the NIV says, For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. What this is saying is that there are Christians out there, I have met some, that they wanted to interpret the Bible the way they want to. And so they actually seek out churches or pastors or other Christians that will support their views. And this we were told when the Bible was written, this is, you know, nearly 2,000 years ago, this was already happening and it is happening today. We have to pay attention to it. Maybe yourself, maybe there is a biblical truth you grew up or when you first became a Christian, you believed. And the more and more you around other people, it started wearing away on what you thought about it. And maybe you're at that place now where you don't even know. We have to pay attention to our surroundings, our environment, because they affect us and our Christian faith, our Christian beliefs. So what do we do about this? Well, one, we have to be honest with ourselves. Do you struggle with temptation? Or do you have a kind of wishy-washy faith in certain situations? Are there certain convictions or morals that you just waver on? 
Are you confused about what the Bible says or God's view on certain topics? We need to be honest with ourselves. If we don't know where God stands or what the Bible says, we need to be honest about that. Do you make up excuses to justify your actions? And finally, does your desire to be accepted or to seek others' approval or to not look judgmental, does that take priority over Christian morals and values? Many people don't want to be judgmental and they want people to like them. And so their Christian morals and values, they change. So we need to be honest with ourselves. Next, design your surroundings to make good choices. Remove the temptations. If there are things you struggle with, if there are things that cause you to sin, get rid of them so you don't. Or maybe avoid the places that cause you to struggle. If someone is going on a diet and they want to lose weight, they need to get rid of the sweets. They need to get rid of the junk food. And there may be times when they have to pass on some social activities if their willpower isn't strong enough. If you are dieting and you know you are tempted by sweets, even if your friends are going to a birthday party, well, maybe not a birthday party, but they're going somewhere, a candy or chocolate factory, maybe that's not somewhere you need to go. I've also noticed that when people are wanting to make better choices, they want to make those good choices really convenient so they don't forget them. So if your goal is to read the Bible, if you want to know what God says about certain situations, put the Bible somewhere where it's convenient. Have it on your nightstand. Have it on your dinner table so when you get up in the morning, when you go to bed at night, you're reading it. Because if your Bible is on a bookshelf getting dusty, you're probably never going to read it because it's not convenient. It's out of sight and out of mind. Maybe you need to set your radio station to some Christian worship music. Or maybe have a Christian podcast or sermon on your iPhone. So the first thing that you hear to start your day is God. Or something to build your faith. And so you will wake up and praise God because if the first thing that you hear or the first things you're paying attention to are the tragedies in the world or all that's going wrong, you might start to doubt God or question him. Instead of saying, thank you, God, for my life and who you are, you might say, God, why are you doing this? That's why we need to set our environment up to succeed. And sometimes you may need a new some new scenery. You may have to completely change your environment. You may need a new environment. You may need to leave a toxic situation. There's a great example of this in Genesis, and it's a story about Joseph when he's in Potiphar's house. Genesis 39, verses 7 and 8, and then also verses 10 and 12 kind of sums this up in the NIV. It says, after a while, well, his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, come to bed with me, but he refused. With me in charge, he told her, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he has entrusted to my care. Verse 10 says, and though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her or even be with her. And then verse 11 and 12, 
One day he went into the house to attend to his duties and none of the household servants was inside. She caught him by his cloak and said, come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her hand and he ran out of the house. Joseph left that toxic situation. He didn't want to give in to sin, so he left. But what happens if we can't change our environment? Because there are some situations we can't change. Maybe your living situation, you live with non-Christians. Or maybe your family, they're not all believers. Or you work somewhere that doesn't have Christian morals and there's really no Christians around you. There are some situations you can't change. So if you find yourself in one of those situations, there's some things you can do. One of the most powerful ones is pray. Pray to start your day, to prepare you, your mindset, and what you're doing, and then pray to end your day. Pray for strength, for perseverance, for patience, for discernment, for God's intervention for certain situations that may come up. And then pray at the end of the day that your surroundings, your environment will not influence you and your Christian beliefs and your Christian faith. Also, get into the Bible. Know God's will. Know where God stands on certain topics. And the only way to do that is to read the Bible. And you have to read it cover to cover. You have to read the Bible in its entirety. Because the parts you miss may be exactly what God wants to reveal to you. So you need to read the Bible and create healthy boundaries. There are times you may have to say no. There are times that if you are in a certain situation, a certain environment, maybe you only stay there for a certain period of time and then you leave. It's important that we create healthy boundaries. And so I wanna end with this. I wanna encourage you this week to take an accounting of what you do with most of your time, with your spare time, your free time. Where are the places you go to relax? Where are the places you go to socialize? Obviously right now we're not able to do that. So this is a perfect time to take an accounting to really evaluate how you spend your time, how you spend your money. Because right now most of us are at home most of the day. So think about when we're able to get to a little bit more, I guess, a normal situation or what normal used to be. Think about how you're going to spend your time, your resources, what you're gonna invest in, what your surroundings, what your environment is. Because as we've seen today, our environment affects us. And the places we go, the people we spend our time with, the things we read and listen to, it's either going to help to strengthen our Christian faith and beliefs, or it's going to start to wear them down. Lord Jesus, we give you all the glory, honor, and praise. I pray, Lord, that just, Lord, that you would immediately right now convict us, Lord Jesus. Help us to understand, Lord, areas of change we need in our life. I pray, Lord, if there are those out there that can't leave situations, Lord, if, if they are in surroundings where, Lord, they are surrounded by a, a lot of sin and temptation, Lord, that you would give them the strength to persevere, to push through. I pray, Lord, that you would build our faith and trust in you to the point, Lord, where we will not be shaken when challenges come, 
Lord, we love you so much. We love your word. Help us to develop a passion for your truth and your love for us. We pray this in your name. Amen. We love you guys and we'll see you soon. God bless.